it is because of God's goodness that you are here today. And uh, the year is clocking to a close. You know, there are many things you have gone through and you have survived. So I can assure you, God is saying you still survive what is yet to come. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. We are on the series of Positioned, and today we are looking at uh, recognizing God's provision. Recognizing what? God's provision. You know, just uh, when I was remembering the theme, just sitting there, it just clicked in my mind that uh, I should tell you a story about this bag I've come with here. Two weeks ago, I think, on the fourth, we had a conference where we had uh, a number of people from here. Are you here? Yeah, I can see the Hiva. I can see. We had a conference in Lesotho, and we are glad that you guys came. And that my niece visiting from Lusaka, uh, who remained behind after you left. Now, on the 14th, we had a flight to Ghana, and I was taking my niece to go back to Zambia. Then after doing everything we could do in Jobek, I said, ah, it was about 16 hours, and I said, ah, it's time to get out of this place. Just when I was getting to the car, my niece comes and says, can I please have talk time? And after moving around for, I think, five hours, I was tired. They were saying, this young girl, surely she can't get talk time around here. So I walked out of the, the car with my bag, my phones, and uh, just went straight in the shop ahead of me. When I entered that shop, there was a gun in my head. What is happening? And I was told, say, Robert, go down. When I looked around, everyone was down. And this is happening in the center of town with a lot of traffic, a lot of people passing, even by the gate. The car was just like three meters away where I was parked, and uh, there's a robbery happening. And I'm told to go down. Now, you know how the mind is. I thank God that you'll be dealing with the mind. The mind sometimes is so slow to process certain things. So I was still thinking, in Lesotho, every shop you enter, you find a guard mostly with a gun. Because uh, there's too much robbery. So guns are, every security guard, not here where you find the security, they, they are with guns, you know. You find an Indian shop here with a gun. And some guns are even big. So as it comes to this, the end of the year, there's renewal of licenses. You find at the police people from here to there renewing the license of the guns. So I was thinking like Lesotho, I said, ah, this must be a security guard. Until he says, this is an armed robbery. Go down. And somebody comes and takes my phone out of the pocket. And uh, I knelt down. Then they got this bag away from me. That's where the passports were there. We are traveling, remember. Uh, the bank cards and other small, small, small things. When I sat there, I said, if they take my passport, one, I'll have trouble going back home. And I won't know where I'm going. So I turned and said, guys, can I have my passports? They're in that bag. They said, hey, face down, face down. I said, ah, no, I just need my passports. Can I have my passport? 
Where are they in, the, in that bag you have, you have taken? Then this guy looked at the bag. Then he brought it back and said, you can have it. And I got the bag down. So when I was there, I started praying that let these people I am with not enter here because I've delayed. That's the only prayer I prayed. Now, today when I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, I say, ah, why didn't I tell them to bring my phones back? You see? Because I said, bring my bag. Can I have my bag? Can I have my passport? And they gave me the bag. Now, what I'm seeing here is recognizing God's provision. Because I believe it was God who caused the heart of that robber to return the bag. How many of you can truly argue or ask for what you have been robbed with a gun? So I started thinking when I was getting to the car, I'm explaining that, oh, there's a robbery, I've been robbed. So what? So ah, we saw the car moving fast from here. It was just parked next to where I'm parked. That's where the robbers were. Now, in that, I recognize that, you know, God always provides a way out for us. Sometimes these things may look like, ah, no, maybe it was just a chance or whatever, but I see God there. And what my heart wanted was not the phone or the money they took, was only pa the papers for me to go. And I said, can I have them? And I had them. I believe this morning, I'd love you to recognize in your life what God has done already. Because what is yet to happen in your life depends upon you recognizing and appreciating where God has taken you from. Are we in this place? Because most times when something good happens, we forget about it. We are looking for another good thing. But I believe when we recognize and thank God for what has happened, it opens us up to what he's able to do in the future. Are we in this place? So today, as we look at this subject, I want you to know that's why this bag is now everywhere I go, it's with me. Yeah, because even my phones now, I put them there because I know I can get it back. <laughs> So that happened, and uh, I thank God it didn't, it didn't happen to, to, to our guests. It was actually Jordan, just where you, the station is. This morning, I want us to, to draw our attention to two chapters, two scriptures in the Bible. The first one is coming from Joshua chapter 20, from verse 1 to 6. Joshua 20. Verse 1 to 6. And the other one is Joshua 21, verse 1 and 3. But before we read that, I would love to read uh, Jeremiah chapter number 32. Praise, I was so much blessed with uh, your worship this morning. I don't know with you, but I enjoy worship and uh, when I'm here, I try to behave. When I'm home, I don't behave. I can get crazy just in the presence of God because he's a good God. Do you know that it's this crazy stuff you do in the presence of God that attracts a blessing? Sometimes, you know, people get so, it becomes like you are in the presence of God and you are watching. But when you get lost in the presence of God and do something extraordinary, God comes in an extraordinary way in your life. Hallelujah. I pray that when it's time to pray, it's time to worship, just get lost in his presence 
and see nothing or nobody else but him. Hallelujah. So, in uh, Jeremiah chapter number 20, uh, 32, verse 27, my version says, uh, you know, all flesh comes from who? God. And he asked himself is by saying, is there anything hard for me? Meaning all flesh is of God. Is there anything too hard for me? I believe that scripture is not addressing animals. We're hearing requirement here said animals act by instincts, but we think. So when the Bible says, is there anything too hard? God is specifically addressing his creation. Saying all flesh is of me. Meaning, the source of our lives is God himself. And he's saying there's nothing hard with him. Saying God is able to do anything. So when you go to Joshua, the first verses I said 20, you'll find the scripture there addressing the issue of justice. Are we okay? The issues of justice. God is saying, I commanded you and instructed you that you have to have cities where people who have committed crime like murder unintentionally can find refuge and not be killed or avenged by those who have lost. Are we together? Because I believe we serve a God of justice, a God of all flesh, a God who wants to provide righteous judgment for all. So there are times people can do things not that they intended to do them. And here is the case where, you know, a person murders somebody. And usually, if you don't get justice from the courts of law, how do you feel? You feel like just searching for this guy and doing the same. You know, it's a pity where I come from. Sometimes things like human life are not valued so much because we have seen whereby a person is killed, accidentally murdered by somebody, and that person within three days is out of cells. And you find them in the street. And what happens is after two months, you just hear that, oh, that person was killed. The family of this person they killed have avenged or have done revenge. So now God here is uh, addressing Joshua and saying, you know, I've commanded you that there are times where people who do these crimes, not that they wanted, not that they intended to do, but they kill. These people should not be executed, should not be jailed, but should be taken somewhere where they can be protected. Are we together? God is providing what? Refuge for people who have committed crimes unintentionally. I hope and wish that our legal system was the same. I don't think today if you kill somebody unintentionally, especially in our country, maybe in America, they would reduce this to manslaughter. From manslaughter, they would do whatever, and they say, okay, uh, we saw that it was this in, not in his intention, so we just give him two years, what, what, what. But I think in some parts of the world, murder is murder. If you have killed, they won't even ask, was this person in the normal state when you committed this crime? No. They will just say, you deserve to go down. Are we together? But God is fair in his justice. And he doesn't do things 
by emotions that, oh, he has killed somebody, let me kill him. No, he looks at what happened, what transpired. So, when he was establishing Israel, he put these things in place in order to provide fairness in his judgment. Remember, he's a righteous what? Judge. So, here, God does that. The second part of uh, the scripture in Joshua chapter 21, it's dealing with uh, provision for the priests. Are we in this place? Provision for who? The priests. Because when God was establishing everything, giving land and possessions to all the Israelites, there was just one tribe that he didn't actually look at. And that's the tribe of the Levites, where the priests were coming from. They were not supposed to go and fight to get their inheritance. No. Their portion was within the people. Are we together? Why? Because the priests occupy a very special you know, place in the program of God. They are there to guide us spiritually and to bring us to God that we may worship him in truth and spirit. So God says, if these guys get involved in murdering and killing and whatever, I think their you know, service will be somehow very right. So he says, these guys do not have to fight for their inheritance. Their inheritance should be in the hands of the congregation or the communities. Are we together? Now, when you look at these two passages, they are showing us that this God we save has a plan. This God we save knows where he's taking us. He knows every need. He knows how to satisfy them. And he knows how to meet them. Are we together? So, I want us to look at three things I want to address in this subject today. Number one, I want to address what I'm saying. Recognizing, we are saying recognizing what? God's provision. Is that correct? So I want us to look at uh, three things which are so important. Number one is uh, God foresees our needs. You can write that down. God foresees what? Our needs. God takes the place of a father. And I believe in physically when you have a father, a child of two, two sons there, they don't have to think of what they are going to eat, what they are going to dress, what is going to happen to their lives or to their you know, education. As long as they have me in their lives, their attention and faith is that my father will do what? Will provide. Are we together? That is how. So I want in this whole concept of recognizing God's provision, I want you to cap it with uh, you know, the fatherhood of who? God. The fatherhood of God. Now, this God knows every need we have. He knows the needs of next year. He knows the needs of five years to come. And he has a plan to make sure that each and every need is satisfied. Are we together? But this does not happen automatically that 
it should allow us to just rest and sit and say, God knows where he's taking us. There are things as children of God we are supposed to engage in in order to receive and enjoy God's provision. Are we together? That's why when you look at uh, you know, the, 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 the head theme of positioned, when a person is positioned, doesn't mean that they are positioned and they become stagnant. They are positioned to move when the time of moving comes. Are we together? Because when you are positioned, I remember I used to play soccer a lot. When you are positioned at a certain place, you have to understand that other people who are playing with you knows that when we put the ball at that place, there is this person who is able to finish it off. Are we together? So sometimes, without even thinking or looking, they will know that I just have to pass it and take it there. I was playing number 10 and 9 usually, and I was very good with uh, aerial balls. So what used to happen is I knew two guys in the team. When they have the ball and they're in the wing, I had just to position myself. I know that this guy runs like that. When he reaches that point, the ball will come in this area. So I'll just be there waiting. Immediately the ball comes. That guy does not need to look at me or see. He knows that when I throw it there, this guy is positioned there to do what? To finish off. Are we together? God operates the same. God operates the same. You know, we are all positioned in Christ Jesus. Are we together? But others who are positioned in Christ Jesus will suffer for not acting. Others will enjoy the blessing because they have acted. You know, I looked so much on blind Bartimaeus. You know, blind Bartimaeus was a very good, uh, you know, believer. You know? And sometimes we have found ourselves in such a situation. He was crippled in the eyes. He could not see. I don't know if it's crippled or blind, but it's blind. He couldn't see. Are we together? And you had a position where he was getting what? Some revenue. He didn't just go anywhere. No, 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 no. The Bible says he had a place where he was begging. Even beggars should be positioned. You cannot go at Kafubu and stand in the water and start begging to the fish. You will get nothing. You have to locate a place where people are doing what, are passing, and not, ev- not just ordinary people. Because sometimes you go to farmers, where people are farming in the time of uh, you know, planting you come out with nothing. You can only position yourself in the line where farmers pass when they are vesting. Because you will be assured that they will drop a cob of base. They will drop something for you. So, Batmeas was positioned at this place, begging. But when he heard that Jesus was passing, he understood something. He's begging was not intentional. It was not that he loved begging. You know, if he had a way, he could have found that way. But this time he says, oh, this guy I hear is coming, is able to restore my eyes. You know, some of us today would say, hey, if I see it will be hard to find a job, let me just continue begging. That's the generation we are raising nowadays. You know, they are so, you know, they are so happy with handouts. They are so happy with being pampered every time. 
I think you could say, if I see, life becomes hard. Because now people say, hey, you have eyes, go and find work. So he could have decided to say, hey, let me just remain blind. At least I get something. Because nowadays with this uh, economy, there are no jobs and whatever. I'm better off blind than with eyes. No, 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 no. He knew that if I receive my sight, I am able to act. So he used the position he had to get his miracle. Are we together? The problem with the church today and our spiritual life is when we get a miracle, we exhaust it and we start waiting for another one. Though I was in church, I was blessed with 5,000. Hey, I'll continue just going to say, maybe now I, now I can be blessed with 10,000. Oh, you were blessed with 5,000 as a seed to start something, to move. We together. Not for you to say, hey, in this church I was blessed, let me stay more so that I get more. No, 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 no. You are blessed. A miracle happens in your life so that you can start moving and doing things that God can bless. Are we in this place? So when you look at recognizing God's provision, it has to do with something God has done. You acknowledge that, hey, at one point I met God. Are we together? At one point God came through. And if God came through at that point, and I recognize, I acknowledge it, I need to move forward. It's not time to wait for another move, for another touch, for another miracle to happen in your life. That is laziness. And it's not godly. So, when you look in scripture, the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18, that it is God who gives what? Power or strength for you and I to do that, what? To obtain wealth and to establish his covenant he made. So meaning, this grace, this Christ, this, you know, union with God which we have is a positive one for moving forward. Are we together? So each one of us, I believe, mostly we are saved, meaning we are positioned rightly. There's no one less, there's no one great. As long as we are in Christ, we have the same opportunities, but our positions are different. Are we together? Our positions are different. Now, you have to understand that sometimes you can be in a position where things are not passing. It doesn't mean it will never pass, but keep the position because when it comes through, you better be ready to receive in this place. Most of the times, people get tired of waiting. And I think patience is a fruit of the spirit. And God wants us to patiently wait. You may be in this place, you're saying, Pastor, I've been waiting, I've been praying, I've been doing everything right. But my miracle has not happened yet. I'm here to tell you that he is the God of all flesh. And nothing is too hard with him. Keep your position and keep waiting upon God. Your Kairos time will come where God will break through for you and bring that which you have been waiting for. Are we together? Why am I saying this? Because he cares of each and every need in our lives. You know, it was so thoughtful to come up with, uh, you know, the scripture in uh, Joshua 20. You know, I, it kept me thinking. 
He said, you know, this is a guy who was murdered. You know how painful it is when somebody kills somebody you love. And they say, no, it was not an intentional killing, but it happened. And God steps in and says, hey, such a person should not be slain, should be protected. You know, sometimes it looks like it's not fair. But I believe God is more righteous than all of us. Is it not true? And whatsoever he decides, whatsoever he gives, one day you can be on the receiving side. Imagine, when somebody does it, it's very easy to say, hey, just kill them, just do. But when it happens to you, most of the things when you are reading them, sometimes relate them to your personal life. Okay, if I'm looking at this and I feel it is not right, what if I was the one in this place who committed the same crime unintentionally? I could have loved to be in this, you know, space. Is it not true? It is. So God is established as a fair and just God. And I believe that as he has got good plans for us, we should be, you know, so filled with faith that he is coming our way when the time is right. What matters is, when he comes, are you going to be at, a, at that position? Especially for the believers. For those who have not yet come to the saving knowledge of the Lord, you still have opportunities to come to God and be part of God's business because God will never fail you. I tell you, God never fails. And he always satisfies our needs. Sometimes it feels so slow. You know, I was looking at another person. You know, there is a man. I think this is uh, happening in Second uh, Samuel. There is a man called Mephibosheth. You know, he was a, a man of uh, Jonathan. And in this particular chapter, David becomes king. And after being king, asks about the, his, 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 his what. His friend, is anybody left in that family? His question was based on recognizing the provision of friendship that happened a long time ago. Meaning, every good work you do in your life is recorded. Every good action you have ever done where you are not paid or rewarded, God has kept it for an uptune time. Are we together? Because sometimes when we do something fine or sometimes something great, we want to see, you know, our reward there and then. I'm sorry God is not Zesco. But because you have worked for 30 days, you'll get a paycheck. Sometimes these paychecks come early. Sometimes they come after two years. Just imagine I've been working. Sometimes they can come after 10 years. Sometimes after 35 years. But when it comes, and his paycheck comes, you cannot remember the suffering you have been through. Are we in this place? That is how he operates. You will forget what yesterday you were sleeping. How many have eaten a papa with onshima with salt when they were growing up? I thank God I have one. But 
you know, nowadays, I don't think my children can even, they would say, if it's my, my son who say, Daddy, this is disgusting. How can we eat shima with salt? But we come from that generation where, you know, shima is there. There's no relish. You just put salt and water. And you start eating as if you are eating meat. Are you in this place? So, you need to understand and appreciate what is happening in your life today. Because when you don't see what happened yesterday, you kick things, you take life so lightly. Son will just ask, Daddy, so what is for supper? Where, where are we going today? And I look at him. <laughs> we are not going anywhere. Ah, why? Because for him, what he wants to see is, uh, okay, we are going to Nando's, we are going to Angirayon, uh, uh, we are going to, to Demodias, because to him, the father has all the answers. Yes, it's true. The father has all the answers, but you cannot get everything you need from the father at every time. Are we in this place? So when we say recognizing God's provision, it does not mean every time it will go your way. There are times things won't go your way. Are you in this place? Number two. Number one, God foresees our needs. Number two, God provides for our needs. I stand here and attest to this that God provides for our needs according to his way. In Philippians 4.19 says, God is able to supply all our needs according to what? His riches in glory. You see? Now, you have to understand this word we are dealing with are spiritual matters. Now, spiritual matters needs to be put in context in order to understand. Here, God is saying he's able to supply all our needs. I thank God that the writer of this verse was not just writing from the point of, uh, you know, writing about God. No. He was writing from the point of being helped first. Are we together? Because this is a man of God. Remember in Joshua 21, scripture is talking about taking care of the servants, providing for the servants. Okay? And here, Paul is provided for. The needs are met. Then he stands and says, I know my God, who? His God is able. It's when you have something to God, something to the house of God, something to the servants of the Lord, that that scripture becomes actually applicable to your life. Because you have saved first. Are we together? God is not indicating how much and how big their service is. He's talking about just doing what he says. Because when you look deep and go into research for those scholars like my pastor, who are scholars who get deep in the word, you'll find that these guys were very poor and had no means. But out of their poverty, they were able to save or to give to God's work. Meaning, you don't need to be rich in order to serve God. Are more than enough where you are at that stage to serve God. You have what it takes to serve God. 
Some people ask questions, ah, but how can we save God? Ah, no, we, have, uh, we only have uh, young people who are in school. Yes, young people are able to save God. Oh, I have a son now, he's, he's, he's old. He was in the university. And uh, whilst in the university, was uh, the highest tither in that church. And the pastor would come and say, hey, I don't know, your son. Whenever we have something going on, he will come and say, okay, this is for talk time, this is for what? He was always there participating. Whilst in what? School. Meaning, never he gets paid, he will never forget to tithe. That church was small, so his small tithe from his allowance, the pastor was able to recognize and say, this boy, this boy, this boy, I thank God I have seen God in that child. To now, you cannot save God and God fails to provide for your needs. Never. So, saving God has nothing to do with your position in life like first, let me be who. It all has to do with where you are right now. Are we together? Save God there where you are. You don't have to say, oh, pastor, I don't have a permanent salary. I, I, I don't know if I can tie that. No, 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 no. Learn to start where you are. I was doing this, I think I, it was like a game. When I was pastoring a church in Indola, I used to give my children, that time they were young, grade six, nine, and uh, ten. Every time I would give them man and say, okay, remove tithe. That's what I was doing. Remove tithe. Remove tithe. Remove tithe. And I gave them envelopes. Why? The Bible says, train the child in the way they should. When they have grown, they won't depart away from it. I thank God it worked. Because I was getting now reports when I'm not there. When they have grown. And that has become very easy. Today, this generation will struggle in the next phase if we don't plant that knowledge. There's so much complaining in churches. I don't know here because pastors have become cerebus, cerebities and they want to look flash and so forth and so forth. Forget about that. What we are saying is when your heart is in God, Save God. Don't look at what they are doing. Do what is right yourself. Are we, I don't actually endorse certain things I see. But what I know is as a child of God, regardless of what they do, I have to do the right. Because all of us who stand before God, and God will say, what did you do? He won't just go to the, even the pastors, the clergy, the priests, I think their judgment will be more harsh. Together. So we should not be blinded by what we see on media, by what we have you know, experienced and say, hey, I'll never, ever, ever do this for the church. The pastor is always at Hungry Lion on Sunday and he buys two buckets of chicken with our money. Every, you know, that is too small. When you have done your part, allow God to do his part in your life.
What matters is when you're positioned and you're doing the right thing, God will do the right thing in your life. Amen. No need, no need is bigger before God, I tell you. No need is bigger before God. Today when I look at my life and say, hey, I'm still there trying to do the work of God, trying to to strive for, for a blessing. Why? Because I'm a believer. There is no place like where I say, no, now we have reached, now we are okay. No. Actually, if you were to come and see how we work, we actually work like slaves for the call God has placed upon our lives. You know, people are hurting. People have issues, and we have to be there. After seeking God, after worshiping, after praising, we have to get answers for people who are in pain as priests. Is it not so? That's why in that scripture, God was telling these guys that, you know, don't allow these guys to work. It is nowadays, you know, we have uh, invented new, new, new things. They are part-time priests, meaning they can still do, what do you call them? They can still do some hustling somewhere there. Then after there, they come to preach to you. You know, sometimes it's very hard. He has no time to pray. He was looking for bread and butter. And he comes to pray for you, no anointing, no grace. And say, hey, our pastor is dry. How can he be powerful if he's always jumping from one project to the other without seeking God? It's failing. It's us. We don't look in those issues. Are we in this place? I don't like this thing of part time. Meaning I have to, yes, I am one person who, 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 who works hard. I don't just work in church. I do a lot of things. Actually, whatsoever my hands finds to do, I do them. But I don't do that because the church cannot look after me. I do that because I just want to, you know, get there, be of help. Are we together? So, it is now that each one of you, regardless of your status, your age, you have to be committed and start looking, what can I do? What can I offer? Where can I save? Because God is also looking to satisfy your needs. But your service will open up God for your blessings. Are we in this place? The last point, and I conclude, is this God we serve who provides our needs. So, provide, God provides by grace and not what? Merit. Word merit, we simply say you are qualified for it. You, you, you have what it takes to, 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 to have that. Now, God provides by grace, not merit. Not that you are too good. Not that you are qualified. Not that you are able to produce. No. God is so you know, good. Uh, the book of Kings goes to the prophet Elijah and said, Mr. Elijah, you are my servant and uh, you know, famine is coming, but I'm sending you to a widow place who will be able to provide for you. You know, sometimes I think when I look at God, you know, it's like he likes drama. I don't know, he's my father. It's like he likes drama. Out of all the rich people, he gets a widow. Eh, going to that widow, 
And when the man of God arrives, he had an attitude as well. When he arrives there, he says, can you cook me a meal? The widow says, oh, this is my last, you know, meal to eat with my son. So that after we have eaten, we do what? We die. Then he says, "Uh uh-uh, don't cook for your son. Cook for me. I think if it's today, (laughs) that pastor can be stoned. What manner of selfishness is this? As a man of God, instead of praying for this, you know, food to be increased or to be multiplied, you want to eat it first. That my, I and my son will even die without, you know, food. You know, I had one pastor used to laugh at, you know, before you die, you need to be so full because there's a lot of wake up there. They sing day and night, they don't sleep. So you have to go, (laughs) you know. So, this happens, and Elijah commands this lady. I thank God that this lady obeyed. Now, by the word of the Lord, Elijah says, cook for me and cook some for yourself. Are you following? Miracles have a way of connecting with what you already have. Don't be cheated by miracle money. That's magic. It will take you nowhere. God is about to do something. He will ask you something which looks like out of place. This widow cooks the, 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 the small meal, eats, and she cooks for herself. Surprise. A meal remained at the same place. Meaning day after day, that meal was not running out. Why? A miracle happened. You know, this God who is a provider, this God who satisfies our need, he operates by grace and not merit. Some people feel they are too qualified, you know, to be, you know, somewhere there to save God. No, 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 no. God actually qualifies the unqualified. Grace works. It takes the nobodies, those people who are, neg- who are not looked at and say, okay, I'll do something in this life that at the end of the day, you will say, this is none other than the hand of God. We need miracles in our time. We need the grace of God in our time. And Jesus has ushered in grace. Are we together? Jesus has translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of our dear father, God himself. The one who has made us sit in heavenly places in Christ. That we are no longer struggling here to shout to God. He was far. He is now near. We can whisper, Daddy, Abba, Father, I need help. I need strength. And you hear us. The grace of God is sufficient for each soul in this place. Sufficient to save. Sufficient to provide. Sufficient to heal. There is so much in the word of God. When you go back from Genesis. Coming to Revelation. You find names of God. He is Jehovah Nisi. He is able to defend you. He is Rapha. He is able to heal you. He is the Lord of peace. He is Shalom. All these things he covered for you and me. 
so that through Christ we may receive the peace which no, no, not this world cannot explain the peace of God. You know, it reminded me when I was kneeling there and praying that my knees should not walk in that shop. Instead of praying that they should not put a bullet in my head, <laughs> I was praying for somebody who was out there because I said they will be traumatized. It was not about me being traumatized, but it was about somebody being traumatized. Why? Because the peace of God was right there. You know, when we went back, now the guys were talking and they started pointing at me. Ah, this guy could have brought trouble. He started asking and getting his, uh, <laughs> his things from the robbers instead of keeping quiet. He didn't know. Why should I keep quiet? Was I insulting? Was I fighting? I just said, can I have my passport in that bag? And I had them. It's today I remember that I could have said, can I have my phone and my money, please? And I believe by God's mighty hand, they could have released. But for that moment, what mattered was to get my papers. And I got them. You know, I was not thinking about the phone. I'm not thinking about anything. I'm thinking about his provision for my safety, which happened there. This same God is saying in your life, the pain you are in, the suffering you have gone through, I have come to take it away from you. I have come to bring healing, to bring peace, to bring comfort in your life. All you need is to open up to him and say, God, I am tired of struggling. I have tried everything, but I need you more. Are we together? Shall we stand in this place?